Hey guys, Pastor Curtis Shribble here with Venture Community Church. Thank you for joining us online today. It's gonna to be a great time of worship and teaching. Again, thanks for joining us. Now prepare your hearts for an incredible time with God. Hey guys, welcome to Venture Community Church online on this Palm Sunday. We're so excited that of all the things you chose to do, you chose to have church with us today. Guys, we are, you know, getting more creative with church than we've ever had to be. And I think it's an incredible time for the church to not be locked in, but to just step out and do new, exciting and cool things. So with that, I've invited uh, some of my friends, some of our VCC peeps, just to come and be my support crew today. Wave, guys. There we go. They're excited to be here. They were voluntold, in a sense, like, come and be on stage with me. But today we are so excited because we are closing out our series, Unstuck. And so we're just going to open up in a quick word of prayer and dive right into it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have today just to be the church. God, we thank you that you're going to do amazing things in this season, in this time. And we just ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive, and mouths to confess all of the good things that you have already prepared and provided for us. God, we thank you. We praise you. Amen. Again, guys, welcome to Venture Community Church. Uh, we are closing out our series, Unstuck today. And in this series, we've talked about our hurts, our habits, our vices, um, uh, addictions, anything really that kept us from living our best life in Jesus, the things that kept us stuck. And we believe that Jesus unsticks the stuck. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, but really the whole idea is to discuss grace and the role that it plays in our lives and the grace that we've received or the grace that's available to us every single day. So let's dive in. Every week, every week in this series, we've given you kind of one truth to walk away with. Week one, it was Jesus is greater. Week two, it's that Jesus's death was your death. This week, we're just going to go where it's going to take us, okay? We're going to find the truth at the end, all right? Um, someone said once, told me this, was a teacher of mine, said that life is a journey not a destination. I'll be honest, the longer I live, the more I find truth in that statement. And of course, no one could tell me this. And I'm not like super old, but like the younger, younger Curtis, like you couldn't have told me that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Like we, we went to West Texas a lot when I was growing up. And when you're on a road trip with your kids, if you're a parent or you've you know, been a kid, you know when you're on a long road trip, the reality of this question is, is heavy. Are we there yet? Are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Constantly. Jesse and I had this brilliant idea. I see our girls are eight and nine about five years ago that we were going to take a little Texas staycation. And, and we drove to the Metroplex and stayed for like four nights. And we thought, hey, from here, let's drive all the way to Leveland, Texas and in, in, in West Texas from here with our children and and about an hour and a half, two hours in, I figured out this was the worst idea we've ever had because the constant question was, 
are we there yet? Are we there yet? And then thinking about my graduation from high school, just the constant like can't wait to get out of this town type thing. And then lo and behold, here I am. I graduated from Graham High School and God called me back to Graham, Texas. Come on. Wow. Okay. And then my marriage, you know, can't wait to get married. Can't wait to get to the next thing. Can't wait to move on. And I'm quickly realizing that the destination is so much sweeter when and so much more enjoyable when you don't despise the journey. The journey is important, guys. And, 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 and the wonderful journey of life is so multifaceted and, and it expands beyond what you accomplish here on earth in the natural. It also encompasses, and this is key, your spiritual growth, your walk, and how you mature in Christ as well. Amen. For example, many new believers are more focused on the destination than the journey. So the minute they say yes to Jesus, and I'm not downplaying salvation, it is key, okay? But the minute we say yes to Jesus, it's like mission accomplished, we're done. Uh, we've obtained this ultimate spiritual prize, but, but here's the reality, is that just like graduation was a launching pad, just like marriage was, it's just the beginning of something new, so is salvation. You may have obtained this ultimate spiritual prize. And yes, according to 2 Peter 1.3, you have been given everything you need for life and godliness. But now the reality is, is that if you said yes to Jesus, and listen, I'm talking to people who said yes to Jesus yesterday, five minutes ago, 15 years ago. I'm, I'm talking to people who are about to say yes to Jesus today. When you say yes to Jesus, what has been worked in you must then be worked out of you. And I'm not talking about like the bad stuff getting out. I'm talking about you start doing. You start living life like you never have before. Because salvation is a wonderful gift, but it's a starting point, guys. John 10, 10, Jesus like literally says, I, uh, it's abundant life. It's abundant life. Not abundant last stop. Not abundant, this is where it ends. It's abundant life, this is where it starts. And there's no doubt that God's grace was at work on the day that you were saved, is at work throughout your life. No doubt, but it's just the beginning. Because there's another function of grace that we're gonna talk about today. And it goes far beyond salvation. I know in the church we love to sing, you know, amazing grace that, saved a wretch like me, but, but, but if we stop there, it's, it's, it's like as if we never lived another day past high school graduation. If we stop there, it's like we never lived another second after we said, I do. If we stop there, we miss the heart of the gospel. Because not only did God provide a grace to save you, but he has an unlimited grace available for you to live an absolutely incredible, amazing, abundant life. The grace I'm talking about goes beyond salvation. It's the grace that you have on a regular basis. It's the grace for the race. It's, it's not the grace you need to have for salvation. It's the grace you need for Walmart. It's the grace that you've got to walk in every single day. It's the grace you need in traffic. It's the grace. Man, it's grace, baby. It's good stuff, okay? It's grace for life. In 2020, it's the Holy Spirit, the spirit 
of grace. First Corinthians 15, 10 says this way, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. In other words, it's the ability to accomplish what God's called and gifted you to do every day and everywhere. That's the grace we're talking about today. A simple way to understand this, the difference between grace that saves and a grace that empowers is this. Saving grace carried you, but you carry empowering grace. Saving grace was done in you while empowering grace is what is on you. Saving grace is grace towards you while empowering grace is God's grace through you. Saving grace led you to salvation while empowering grace has provided everything you need to accomplish all of God's will and plans for you in this life. Saving grace focuses on departure. While empowering grace focuses on dominion. Come on. Oh. Come on. Guys, that's good stuff. Both saving. Hey, if you like that, give us a heart. Give us some <laughs> hearts right now. All right. Come on. Saving grace and empowering grace come from the same person, though. And it's not me. And it's not you. And it's it's not your pastor. It's not your best friend. It's not your mama. It's not the pope. It's Jesus. Amen. Empowering grace and saving Amen. grace comes from the same person. It's Jesus. And it's important that you get this. You are saved by grace, yes, but you are kept by grace. Yes. Ephesians 2.28 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved. So you are saved, you have been, it's, it's, it's past tense, but it's, it's also present tense because you live in it, you are kept. Jesus is the author and he is the finisher, Hebrews 12.2. He stays with you. It says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it, Philippians one, six. But empowering grace, like I said, is like the next dimension of grace. And every Christian knows what it means to begin with saving grace. But unfortunately, not every Christian understands or even has thought about what it means to continue their life in empowering grace. The problem with many believers today is that they've never gotten past the fact that they've been saved from something. They keep going back to, I was saved from this and I thank God that if you're sitting there today that you were saved from something and one day me and you are going to party in heaven. But I want to tell you this, that there's so much more to your walk of faith. There's an important dimension of grace that you have to realize, that you have to understand that not only has grace saved you from something, but grace, empowering grace has saved you for something. Come on. You are saved for Something And so what's that something you're saved for? What, what is that thing? Well, it's your holy, your divine calling. It's for you and only you and only you can fulfill it in this life. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That's salvation, that's saving grace. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's empowering grace. He saved you. And then he's got something special just for you. And there's something about you sitting where you are right now. There's something about you that is only about you. There's something for you that is only for you. And the best time to start living that grace life, guys, is right now, right this second. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this. Those who wait on the perfect weather will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. What they're saying is, like, what are you waiting on? 
What, what, what is preventing you from living life? What is preventing you from living in empowering grace? Because I said this months ago, that I believe that the best books are yet to be written. The best marriages are yet to be had. The best businesses are yet to be launched. The best investments are yet to be sown. The best songs are yet to be composed. The best children are yet to be raised. So what is preventing you from living the life that God has prepared for you? Come on. Is it a virus? Oh, come on. oh snap. Oh, man. Is it a situation? Is it a circumstance? Is it a, is it a hurt? 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says this. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work within me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the instant insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? This, his grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's planned for you. His grace is sufficient to see it through. Listen, God saved you for something. No matter what, his grace is enough to get you through and in that. And then you recognize that there is a grace that empowers. There is a grace that empowers. And empowering grace enables believers to live lives that are more fruitful and more productive than they would have ever, 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 ever dreamed. Here's what's cool, though. On the mountaintop and in the valley, in the midst of our greatest victories, in our, in our, in our lowest times, when I am in Jesus, I am still better than I could have ever dreamed. Because of why? Empowering grace. Why do you need to know this? I'm going to tell you why you need to know this. Because what every time, every time what you are distracted by is less important than what you are being distracted from. Right. Amen. Yes. Don't get distracted. God has so many good things for you. That's free. And there's no charge for that, guys. Okay. <laughs> you can just put that on your fridge. Tweet it, give me a heart, whatever, it's free, all right? So truth though, truth though, I really, really, really believe that the main reason many of us aren't living the abundant life is because we only know grace in one dimension and we have to grow in all things in Christ. It tells us Ephesians 4.15, we gotta grow in all things in Christ. So here we are. There's more to this thing than just being born again. It's great, salvation's awesome, but there's more to it, guys. Um, you've been saved from something and for something. God's brought us out to bring us in. We've been pur purchased and purposed. And there's this divine intention that brought about your redemption. So you're moving from the outer court to the holy place to the holy of holies. You're moving from little children to young men to fathers, little children to young women to fathers, from Passover to Pentecost of the Tabernacles, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, body, soul. So you're progressing. You're growing, you're, you're maturing, you're, you're advancing. And when believers only know that they've been saved from something and not that they've been saved for, they'll live on a spiritual roller coaster their entire life. So, for example, if you're someone and you're sitting there right now and you've been saved from a life of drugs, uh, alcohol, uh, sexual immorality, quite possibly these weaknesses 
will always be a struggle if you only believe that you were saved from them and not saved for something else. If you only have the knowledge that grace saved you but doesn't keep you, man, think, things get hairy real, real quick. And while believers in this situation might wholeheartedly embrace the grace which carried them to salvation, it's only a fraction of what God made available to them in Christ. And I want it all. Yes. There you go. So saving grace delivers you from something, but empowering grace delivers you for something. Your purpose, your call, and God-given kingdom assignment here on this earth. So what you came out of is gone. It's done away with at the cross. Talked about that last week. You're redeemed from the past. Old things have passed away and all things are new. And when you say yes to Jesus, you're holy and righteous. Okay, but here's my butt. I don't, I don't throw a lot of butts out there, but, but here's a big butt. If you're constantly using your past mistakes, sins and failures to run from your purpose in Christ, then your past is more prevalent than your present and your future. If you're constantly using what you went through as an excuse to not live today, then your past has become more prevalent than your present and your future. Maybe you said things like this. Oh, I'm divorced, so God can never use me. Or uh, I spent time in jail or, or prison, so, so I can only be used in this limited way. Or, or you say, I've been struggling for so long. There's no way that God can use me. He, he's absolutely given up on me. Listen, um, the devil is a liar and a clown. Yes. Okay, he is a liar and a clown. Run away from the circus. Yes. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Get away from that lie. Because here's the gospel. While God's saving grace removed your past, his empowering grace gives you the ability to pick up and move forward to what he has in store for you. And it is good. Come on. You're redeemed from the curse of the law, along with all of its fear and intimidations. And that was an act of saving grace. Now, any law, attitude, or crooked thought which tries to drag you back and make you feel less than what God believes and says about you is eradicated. What is that? That's an act of empowering grace. Living, empowering grace gives you the boldness to stand up and declare for everyone to hear that I am absolutely authorized and equipped to accomplish everything I was saved for. Tell everything I was saved for. And here's 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 where it gets here's where it gets sticky. Here's where you're gonna turn it off. Here's where you're gonna change things. Here's where you're gonna be like, I'm gonna go watch some other pastor is right here. Because sometimes you just gotta, and I'm gonna use a word that's gonna intimidate you, repent. Oh, but you know what that word means? It just means change your mind. That's all it means. It's change your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Stuck patterns. Can't get out patterns. I ain't moving forward patterns. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repent. Change your stinking mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's empowering grace. Right there. And if you only stop at saving grace and refuse to move into empowering grace, then you've missed the heart of Christ. You've missed the heart of the gospel. He said abundant life. He said on earth as it is in heaven. He said he has plans for you. 
It isn't just death, it's also resurrection. It isn't dead to sin alone, but alive in Christ. Because who knows? That thing that you're dealing with right now, that you thought was going to kill you, might be the very thing that qualifies you for the next thing that God has for you to do. Come on, Who's to say that those vices and addictions you dealt with weren't divine setups for you to bring life to those who are going through those same situations right now? God never wastes a hurt. Whatever hurt, wound, or disappointment you've had in your life, it can either lead to bitterness or it can lead to betterness. You have a choice. You can become self-absorbed where your hurt consumes you, or you can choose to become grace absorbed where your hurt empowers you. It's perspective, guys. It's a renewing of the mind. It's a repentance. It's a change your mind mentality. You have a choice. So change your focus and stop always running away from and begin to run headlong into what God has in store for you. Because like I said earlier, it is good. It is so, so good. It reminds me of this. It reminds me of David. When David faced Goliath, I think I can't say that everyone knows this story, but the majority of people knows this story, at least versions of this story. But essentially, David, a little shepherd boy, came down. He was bringing his brothers some lunch and they were supposed to be these big, bad army dudes facing off this this army of Philistines. And he gets there and what he sees is his big, bad brothers shaking. He sees an entire army shaking. And when he gets there, he came to his battlefield and, and his brothers didn't even like him, didn't even want him there. And they said some pretty hurtful things to him. And, and then he approached the king and the king really don't want him there either and tries to talk, you know, talks kind of over him. And I imagine hurts him a little bit. And then he goes on the battlefield and this giant looking at this little boy, Goliath starts to make fun of him. But, but here's, here's what's cool. Is as you read that story, you see a little shepherd boy, a little, a little boy who starts to run toward rather than run away. Yes, yes. He, he was, here's what's cool. David was anointed king at this time, but he was not yet appointed king. He, he, he was not a king, yet he spoke with the authority of a king. And he acted like a king. Why? Because his focus was on the covenant. His focus was on the promise that, that he had been anointed for. Not on the hurt, not, not on the issue, not on the thing that was supposed to keep him standing still. His focus was on the covenant. And so he spoke from abundance and he spoke from victory. And he walked out and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this joker? He stands there and he says, listen, you come to me with sword. You come to me with everything you got, but I can come with you in the name of the Lord. Amen. He says for the battle, he, he gives this long, I didn't write it all down, but he gives this long speech. And he says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. Come on. He didn't say he might. He said he will. Why? Because he knew that he was going to be king. He knew what he had been anointed for. He knew his God-given purpose. And he said, for all those gathered here will know it is not by sword and spear that the Lord saves. It is by covenant and promise. Yes. 
Believer, you know the difference between you and David in this moment is he had been anointed, not yet appointed, but spoke with authority. So many believers that I run into on a daily basis are anointed, appointed, and speak like pansies. Authority, authority, authority. You are a royal priesthood. And if you're sitting there and you have not said yes to Jesus, you have an opportunity to be part of a royal priesthood. You are an ambassador of Christ. If you're sitting there and you have not said yes to Jesus, you have the opportunity to be a part of a royal priesthood and to be an ambassador of Christ. You, if you're sitting there right now, believer, you are righteous royalty. Start acting like it. Change your focus and your mind. Repent. Decide right now, I'm going to start living. And when you do this, guys, watch out because you might just start living your best life. It might just start getting good. Here's a major mind shift though. The true testimony of grace isn't what God delivered you from, but what God's delivered you for. And as your pastor and as your friend, I want you to receive salvation. I want you to receive his saving grace. My heart would swell. Heaven's throwing a party. I'm throwing a party. But if 40 years down the road, all I hear is that you occupied space on earth and died... And did nothing with it. God, my heart would break. You'll get to heaven. And I'm not downplaying that. It's the best thing in the world. But we have to learn to live. Not only through that saving grace. But in that empowering grace. Because if you never live in the next dimension of grace. You'll never accomplish everything that God has set out for you to do. And the good news is you can move to the next level of grace and you can live your life like God designed you to and you can complete every task that he has set before you. But you can only do this one way. That's through God. That's through his grace. And I want to close this series and I want to give you just a few practical things. How you can benefit on your grace journey today. Guys, it's his empowering grace. And the first thing is this, is embrace the process. Philippians 1, 6 says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So process develops character. Process removes mess. Process sometimes means pressure, guys. Two, trust and obedience position you under the flow of blessing. So what is sin? Sin is simply a lack of trust in him. We often see sin as only obedience, but it's the grace life is about trust and obedience. If I trust him, then I believe he's always has my best interest at heart. I always believe that he has the best for me. So I obey. The only reason I would have to disobey or is because I don't trust him. Proverbs 16, three says, commit to the Lord all you do and he will establish your plans. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Psalm 143, 8 says, Let the morning bring my word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. Three, never give up. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Isaiah 
40, 29 through 31 says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men may stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord, those some translations say, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Guys, it's, it's saving grace. It's empowering grace. It's living with the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. Come on. Walking in that. So I want to pray with you real quick. Then we're going to talk a little longer. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I ask that it would take root in our lives. God, that we would walk away from wherever we are in this moment and know that you are good. That the plans you have for us are good. That it's you plus nothing. And whenever we say yes to you, we get to live our best grace life in you. God, we thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing right now, all across this community, all across this world. God, we don't have to understand it all, but we choose right now to trust you. God, right now into every home, we speak peace. God, right now into every home, we speak joy, love, and abundance. God, we thank you. We praise you today for your word. Amen. Amen. Now, the reality is this. Some of you listening want the sort of life that I've been talking about, the sort of life that Christ offers. Some of you need to repent. Just change your mind. Change your mind. Some of you need a new mind altogether, and, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus for the first time. And if that's you, I want to I pray with you real quick. And if for the very first time today you say, Curtis, I accepted Jesus. I want, I want that life you're talking about. I want to know about it. I want you to message our Facebook page. I want you to comment below. I want you to send us an email at info at I want you to let us know so that we can celebrate with you. Heaven is celebrating when you say yes to Jesus. We want to celebrate too. If you're just sitting there right now and you're like, I need to, I need to repent. I need to change my mind. Let's do that too. Send me an email. Give us a heart. Make a comment. Let us know what's going on in your life. Because saving grace is awesome. Empowering grace is awesome. And you get it all. You get it all. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my friends that are on the other side right now. This camera. God, who are sitting there thinking, I want that life that he's talking about. God, I pray that you would make yourself more real and known to them than you ever have before. God, and right now, God, we accept. We accept. God, we receive your salvation. God, we, we receive and we acknowledge that we cannot do this on our own, that we need a rescuer. And we believe that you died on the cross and you rose again for us. And because of that, we get to be the righteousness of Christ. We get to be your son. We get to be your daughter. God, we thank you for your salvation. God, for the people right now that are making the decision just to repent, just to change their mind and start living new. God, we thank you for that. God, we praise you for the changes that are happening. Amen. Amen. Guys, it is that simple. You just 
believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says that you will be saved. And when you are saved, immediately you are, you are wholly saved. It, it entirely. It's that easy. Guys, thank you for joining us this Sunday. And, and we are so excited about what's coming. We're, we're, we're a little sad we're closing out unstuck, but we're excited that next Sunday, believe it or not, if you've lost track of days, is Easter Sunday. And we are going to kick off, we are going to celebrate, and we are going to throw a party. So follow us on Facebook, check out our website. It's going to be an online party, but it's going to be a party nonetheless next week, all right? So join us. Remember, Jesus is greater. Jesus' death was your death, and you are one and empowered by Jesus. Love you guys. Adios. Again, thank you for joining us online at Venture Community Church. We hope that God moved miraculously in your home today. At VCC, we exist to grow and advance individuals and families by declaring and demonstrating his gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. If God did something incredible in your life today, please email us at info at Also, if you feel like you want to partner financially with what God is doing here in Graham, in this country, and around the world through Venture Community Church, you can give online at VentureGram.org. Or you can give through our app. And all the instructions to download the app can be found on our website. Again, VentureGram.org. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.